Welcome, ladies and gents. We got another one for you. Consulting, business is a product, product versus business. There's a lot to unravel here today. We got a great guest for you. A loyal listener, so here we go. Shut up and sit down. The Business Bros Podcast was created for you. Learn from the business professionals who come to share their stories. Find out what's working in business on social media, what's hot and what's not, straight from the mouths of successful entrepreneurs out there doing the real work. And now, welcome to another episode of Business Bros. Yeah, let's do this, Sam. All right, all you business pros out there, before we jump into the show, just a quick reminder, as always, to please subscribe on whichever platform it is that you're listening to us on today. Give us a like, give us a follow, subscribe, drop a review, help other like-minded business owners find value from our awesome guests while we rise up in those podcast rankings. We'll sincerely appreciate every single one of you for it. And if you want to be a guest on the show, we'd love to have you on to learn from you as well. Go to www.businessbros.biz. Schedule your time and don't forget to follow us on all our social medias at Business Bros Pod. All right, everybody, we're so excited and honored to bring yet another incredible guest to the Business Bros Pod. Today's guest is a serial entrepreneur with a proven track record of success across a wide array of industries, and he's been doing it his entire life. As a teenager, our guest started a real estate management firm with a focus on automation for growth. Makes me think what the hell I was doing as my li- with my life as a teen, huh? And since then, our guest has received degrees in math, economics, computer science, and law while founding, purchasing, and managing law firms, restaurants, and B2B e-commerce. All I want to know is, how do you find the time? Our guest has seemingly done it all, but he's not done yet. As the founder of one of the largest plaintiff-only law practices in the country, our guest and his firm have amassed upwards of 2.5 billion dollars in verdicts and settlements tune in to hear how our guest is continuing to change lives passing on his knowledge and helping other business people reach their goals too joining us today from the city of angels and our neighbor to the north welcome to the show sean korami All right, Sean. Welcome to the show. Hi, guys. What's happening? Oh, man. First of all, I love the pool in the background. It makes me feel really cool. It's relaxing. It's relaxing. It's kind of fitting for an attorney, for somebody who started a property management company at a teenage years. I mean, come on, man. You must be relaxing at this point. Why are you still working so hard? You know know this? That's that's actually yeah. my pool, the view out of my pool. So it's on, on one side of my property. That's the view I get. And and people always wonder why I like to be home so much. Is that's that's the reason. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But you guys have great views too. You you guys are down here. I, I'm surprised. There are very few times anyone tells me I'm I'm a neighbor to the north, right? Because we're Southern California. <laughs> we're pretty much as south as it gets, right? But exactly, I'm a neighbor exactly. to the north of you. Yeah. Coastal cities all the way. All right. So beautiful view at your place. Um, it, it, you, the way you've earned it had to be through progression. Tell me a little bit about, you know, why does somebody go as a teenager and start, uh, you know, I, I can understand trying to make some money. You went about it a little bit differently. Is there something like different about you where you raised a little bit different? How'd you get, how'd you get here? Uh, 
<laughs> so, so look, I'm, I'm a first generation immigrant. Um, and my father had his own business. Uh, we were from Iran and in Iran, he had a construction company. Um, and as a, as a, I mean, think about this as a seven, eight, nine year old kid, yeah, you go to a construction site, you get to climb all over bulldozers and what have you. It's pretty exciting. You're, you're like in a, in a toy store. Um, and so, you know, I always wanted to get into construction. I, I all, and this followed me. I always assumed that's what I would do, do, do that same thing. And, uh, you know, and followed me all the way through my teenage years. During that time, though, we moved um, and we immigrated to the U.S. Uh, my father uh, was not able to um, reconstitute his construction business the same way. Uh, and and it, it would be tough, you know, if, as a 45, 50 year old first moving to a totally different co country, different economy, different, different everything, you know, mm -hmm. uh, uh, it's not an easy thing. And I have a lot of respect for people who do that and, and they do it in droves here. Um, so what happened was my father got his hands on a couple of income properties uh, and my desire into getting into any sort of a business was really to help my father because uh, he was not able to uh, properly manage these these properties. Uh, they were not the kind of size that you would at the time get professional management for. Um, and so I sat there and I and I and I started thinking about um, what what I could do to help my father actually succeed. Um, and that was at the time there were personal computers that were getting into homes. Um, that's how long ago it was. Uh, I put together a, a, a very basic database program and and a, and, a, and a system for actually, you know, making money out of these properties. Um, but then I ended up going over to my father's friends and marketing the same thing to them because they were in the same boat. Um, so this thing grew out of really my desire to help my dad um, and, and largely kind of by accident. Uh, but I ended up doing that. Um, and, and what happened afterwards was I, I always, I always thought I always wanted to be into for, formal education. I wanted to get my formal education over time. I've, what I've noticed is, you know, I, I'm not sure how important that is because you meet so many people out there who do fantastic things and um, you know, grow businesses they're they're huge knowledgeable people but they never did any sort of formal education so i don't know what value it had but i was it was big for me i maybe i liked that sort of concentrated learning maybe i was just lazy and i wanted to stay in college um but well, know, either, way, either way either way yeah let, let me get you off right there because because we're, we're heading into a different little little segment but i still had questions about what you, uh what you did for your dad you know, as, as an entrepreneur, and then I'll, I'll, I'll give you my two cents on education as an educator, but, uh, but you know, as an entrepreneur, I, I, what you, the story you're describing is funny because you're just, you're showing that you've identified a need in something that was already existing. There was a problem going on and you went and tried to solve the problem. The moment you solved the problem and realized that you had a solution, it became a, a marketable, a viable, marketable product that you were able to continuously distribute. When you approach markets, is that like your MO? Is that how you kind of look at things? You, you go into an existing market that has something going on already and I try to identify a problem within it? Well, you know, yeah, it, it ends up being that way. And I, what I've noticed over time is there are very few markets that you actually create that from nothing. 
Um, usually when you start something, when you get into a business, you're getting into some sort of an industry, right? And so you have to look at uh, what the needs are, what, what there is in there. But what, what I've generally done is whatever industry I'm in, I'm sort of an assembly line kind of guy, right? Because in order to scale something in my mind, you have to have a system. Um, you know, I, I, I'm a listener. So I'll, recently I was, I was listening to one of your episodes and um, uh, this woman, um, Alicia Jarrett, right? Mm -hmm. She talked about how she started a, a, her real estate business and how she ran systems. So I look at, at these systems and what can, can what kinds of procedures you can pr uh, put in there and what kind of automation you can put in there to just uh, you know take a certain piece of a business and make it real streamlined real efficient in order to make that business both better for the customers and better for the business so whenever i get into a business i end up identifying these things and those things actually end up being businesses on their own um, so it's what I call back officing other businesses, right? So you identify mm -hmm. something that works for your business, that you need a process, you make it better. And that becomes itself a product that you can market to actually your competitors. Um, which is what I've done over time is, is market the, that, you know, some process over to my competitors, um, as, as a completely separate business. Um, yeah, because you're you're essentially you're finding an efficiency factor in, in in the process that is standardized across an industry. Like I feel like James is doing exactly that with the insurance agency, standardizing the process, the back end support, one little piece, and now it's to the point where he's just ready to take it to like a marketplace to say, look, independent agents, captive agents, whoever wants to come aboard, here's the system, completed system that you can plug and play into what you already have going on. And, and that's, that's a great, uh, opportunity. My worry is always, and, and cause I'm not the systems guy. That's more like a James thing. My worry is always, do I spend a lot of time developing a system for a market that doesn't exist? Right. And that's where I think a lot of entrepreneurs fall in love with a product, uh, and try to build a business around a product when there's not really a viable market versus what you're doing, which is there's already an existing market and you're creating a system to bring that product or service more efficiently to the market. Yeah, I mean, one thing is actually, you know, it's it's not as simple as, oh yeah, you know, I see this thing and then I make it I make it better. You do have to look at whether whether there's someone out there that's going to actually get use of this thing. A lot of times when you look at a process and you mentioned this yourself right just now, you said if you look at a process, it takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of resources is what we're talking about, right? It's not just time, it's money, it's it's employees, it's 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 all of that that you put into actually identifying and producing a product. And that is not going to work unless there's a market for it. So you mm -hmm. always have to look at what exactly is the industry I'm in, identify what exactly the market is, identify exactly who's going to be going to be getting use out of this thing. And then and then get into the process of what it's actually going to cost you to produce that that product and then go forward with it. So, it's you know, just because I'm sitting in a business and I'm looking at it and I'm trying to produce a streamlined procedure to go through it or automate some piece of it doesn't mean that I'm going to actually go through and do it because I have to look at, OK, what is it going to take from me to get this to a place where it actually makes sense? Um, and I can tell you a whole lot of things that end up on the cutting board <laughs> on the cutting room floor uh because of it right
So let me ask you, I mean, it, it leads into a perfect Facebook fan question. Um, what's one tip that you would give to an up and coming entrepreneur? I mean, if we've already stepped in it a lot of times in the different ventures that you've been on, like what's one great tip that you can give an, an entrepreneur who's just getting into a space? Well, one thing is um, a lot of times, um, I think you mentioned it and it kind of sticks in my mind. You have to be flexible with what you're doing. Um, and you hear this from people who really know what they're doing. Not, not, not This is something I'm repeating for other people who actually know what they're doing. Um, and you have to have flexibility. You can't say, this is my product and that's all I'm going to do. And there's no way I'm going to change off of that. You better be prepared to make changes, to make, to, to actually see, a, you know, a product through and, and to actually do that. Let me, let me, let me give you an example. Facebook never started out as just this, this whole thing of, uh, people getting on, on, uh, uh on there and and just talking to each other it was meant to be something else google was meant to be a search engine for um actually getting scientific studies um uh, grouped in there and having scientists be able to actually uh, access certain things there when you look at all of the businesses that are out there anyone that you want to look at where usually i mean there's always exceptions they started out as one thing and ended up being something relatively different and that's because those founders when they got into it they weren't stuck at, at in terms of what they're going to have as a product they actually sat there and they had flexibility to to see the market to get the feedback and to make alterations to what they thought was their product so let me ask you this sean you're you've worked with a lot of different businesses right and and i get I get asked this question a lot and I don't always know how to answer it as I juggle a lot of plates myself, right? Um, what is it that Sean does? If people look, you know, if, if they think of you, what is it that they think of you? Is it, is, is it like a misunderstanding maybe? Like they don't quite understand what you do. They give you a certain label. Like how, how would people describe what Sean does? Well, what, what I do is... Um actually help small and medium-sized businesses um, through education, consultation, and investment, okay? Uh, that's what I do currently. That's the business that I'm in. And I get into various businesses. I partner up with them. I, I'm, uh, and, and that's what our company does, um, is become a partner with various businesses and either develop pieces of them uh, meaning certain markets that they that they want to get into, opening up sales channels and what have you, or actually become a full partner with the business and move it forward and help scale it. So you work on both retainer and equity? Uh, what we try to do actually is work on an incentive-based program, meaning uh, we get in with equity, uh, if we are we are not in with equity, what we do is we actually uh, design a compensation system where we are getting paid only when we bring value to that business. Mm. Uh, so if if I'm sitting there and I'm saying I'm going to increase your sales by X, uh, X amount, I will fashion a compensation program for my company that only gets gets us paid if we actually are accomplishing those goals. Um, what I found over time is that just taking a retainer in and saying, and saying, okay, we're going to build all this stuff for this much money, um, doesn't, it's, 
in some ways not fair to the business and in some ways does not allow us to uh, to bring value that we that we need to be do uh, bringing in so uh, I, in in every setting that i get into that's uh, that's one thing that's very important to us that we actually get paid from what we're producing what we're bringing to that business so you you're looking for a specific type of business then you're not really dealing with a startup maybe a product patent pending type thing or like what's the what's the ideal client that you're looking to work with the ideal client that that we'd be working with would be you're right it would be ex exactly a startup uh it would be a business that has uh had some um traction um certainly if they're uh, there to to put, uh, put out a product. However, uh, what we noticed is that a lot of times small businesses uh, don't monetize everything that they can monetize. They don't bring in the value that they can be bringing in. So they may, may be having huge success and it's not even close to what they could be doing. They're not realizing their value or they are failing in certain respects. They're, they have the right product. They, they have some of the right concepts, but they're not able to produce what they need to be producing. So that's where we actually can bring in a lot of value is opening up sales channels, is uh, taking their, their systems and making them better, is creating partnership programs that allow them to monetize where they couldn't be monetizing. A lot of times they're looking at um, individual sales. For example, they're selling one product at a time to, to a customer is one-off sales, things like that, helping them actually put together a program that produces monthly recurring revenues for them, subscription mm -hmm. programs, things that they can upsell um, uh, to their customers. Um, a lot of those things is what we bring into the businesses. And when you're when you're sitting down with a particular business, is there like a, a, a revenue goal, a net profit margin, something that you're looking for, size, number of employees that you can kind of you know, narrow down who you want to work with or industry maybe? Well, what we do is um, we look at um, their uh, gross revenues. Uh, we'd like to see uh, some traction, as I said. Traction would be anything if they're, if they're actually, you know, uh, getting maybe one or two million dollars in gross revenues a year at least um, where we see something there. And then um, what we are looking for is exactly what they're doing to get there um, because we have to see that that there's potential for either opening up different sales channels um, like i said uh, creating some sort of a subscription program creating some sort of an mrr creating some sort of an upsell coupling products uh, cross-selling type of thing um, if we can see you know something there then then it's then it's a place where we can get in and really bring in value um, in terms of verticals, we found that, for example, we, we work with a, a number of apparel companies. We work with a lot, a, a lot of uh, food and beverage companies, uh, but we're looking at e-commerce. We're also at, at the same time, one thing that we're starting to do is, is talk to some SaaS companies to, uh, regarding some very specific things that we can do for them uh, that a lot, a lot of times we don't see them doing. Hmm. Everybody's missing something, no matter how big you think that company is. There's something going on there behind the scenes that uh, they're always trying to improve upon or get better with or become more efficient because ultimately it helps that that bottom line. Um, what's what's something that you 
learn either uh, for your life or for your business that was monumental for you that that changed the way you do things in in your own life like you know before this point you were you were living life one way after this point you were living life something different yeah you know it's something i uh, that that um i mentioned to you uh, earlier uh before the show uh, and it's um realizing that your product not your business but your business is your product um and that's something that I that I noticed over time, um, and it became much more clear to me. But that that moment with it, where I made that realization really changed the way I approached any business that I was working with. And I, a lot of times, in order to demonstrate it, I I give um, I give people the example of professionals. Uh, for example, if you go to a doctor and you say, "What's your business?" they they immediately go to, "Well, it's it's healing people in this fashion, whatever whatever their specialty is." Um, that certainly is the product uh, that they have. That's the service they're providing. That's not their business. Um, and so it, it, that's the that's the mistake a lot of times people make. Their business involves how their staff treats their their customers, how uh, you know how those patients are coming in, what what they encounter when they come in, the kinds of services that are provided when they call in, what happens, all of those things that occur, all of that is is their business and that is the product that they're providing to the world right mm. that that entire so look so your your business is your product right but your product isn't your entire business that realization is incredibly important because what what it does is it helps you when you're dealing with how exactly to market to your to your customers uh, when you're not looking at just this is uh, you know my business is selling widgets that's not what it is um, and so the, one of the things that I a lot of times when we when we talk to different businesses we have to sort of um, walk them through that process is 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 exactly that realization. Yeah, sometimes you feel super overwhelmed when you realize that the job you were really good at that you're walking away from to start your own thing. Uh, once you actually step into the realm of doing your own thing, you realize how many other aspects of business are involved that you never even thought possible. And I, I think this is where burnout happens, right? This is where people are like, yep. Uh, this whole business thing, it is not for me. I didn't want to, I didn't sign up to do books. I didn't sign up to write tax returns. I didn't sign up to learn marketing. I didn't sign up to go on different podcasts all day long. That's not what I signed up for. I was a plumber since day one. This is what I'm good at. So if, if to, it, once, once they understand that it's just a little bit different mind shift, it's not the product itself, but the business is their product. You know, now we start peering into this process and we start breaking things down where where do you start in that process because some people I, I know me personally i'll look at it and be like whoa that's like a bunch of tangled webbed weeds right like how how am i going to untangle this how do i systematize this process where do you where, where do you start do you do it as the customer journey or do you do it from the employer from the uh, business owner's point of view well we look at it from from the customer what what exactly is the customer seeing um and a lot of times what happens is um they think they're marketing a certain thing to a, to a customer in a certain way or providing them a service in a certain way. And that's the perfect way. That's exactly what the customer wants. And it's 
you know, it turns out that's not at all what the customer is looking for, right? When you actually start interviewing customers, when you actually start interviewing people that that are prospects, even what they think they want, looking for when they're shopping for that product, or they're what 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 they're looking to when they deal with a company that that provides that product, is completely different a lot of times from what the business owner thinks, and you have to build around that to some degree at least um maybe not this it may not be everything but but it's a big portion of what you have to do because you, you know you hear this all the time you know you have to meet your customers where they are right um mm -hmm. and and that's that's very true you have to meet them where they are you have to find them where they are and then when they when they engage with you you have to deal with them in the way that they want to be dealt with um, they have to walk through that journey um, you know, you mentioned the customer journey. They have to walk through with you all the way uh, into ultimately what, what you would call as a conversion, what, what you would call a purchase, but what they call getting, getting what they wanted out of the process, right? Mm -hmm. And so if you don't do all of those things right, somebody else will, right? Absolutely. Somebody else is, is going to do exactly that because because that's 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 exactly how how you get you get customers. So we walk them through that. We 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 take them through exactly what what their customers are looking for, places where they are not doing it exactly right, and what we can do in order to improve those things. And then we have to do that within the constraints of the business as well. Um, you know, not not everybody is a Microsoft that that can just you know, turn around and, and put a whole lot of money into something that the clients, the kinds of people that we like dealing with um, have, have a lot of constraints because we deal with small and medium, medium sized businesses and we help them scale to hopefully become large businesses. That's a, and that's one heck of a journey. It's not the easiest, but I love what you said there about uh, asking the customer and, and figuring out directly from them what the problem is. Uh, and, and meeting them where they are. And a lot of them are on social media on a regular basis. And this comes back to a Facebook fan question. What is What, what role does social media play in, in your life? Do you separate between business and social? Or is it all one and the same like it is for me? How do you separate the two? Do you separate the two? What role does it play? I, I, I'm one of those people that separates it greatly. Um, I um I have very little um, social media presence personally. Um, my social media presence, uh, you know, or anything I deal with on social media has to be completely professional. So I deal with it through the companies that 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 we have an interest in, um, and that's pretty much it. I, you know, I personally then, you know, have uh, very little of that. And and, and why, I, I don't know if that's that? uh, just the way I am personality wise. You know? It may be a personality um, type of a thing. Some people, yeah, go ahead. Go for it. Go sorry, for it. sorry. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, I think yeah, it's I think a personality. We got a delay, but right? keep going. Think, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I think it's a, I think it's more of a personality thing. Um, I, I, you know, I tend to, on a personal basis, um, sort of. Um, not be, you know, into uh, disclosing a whole lot of stuff about myself um, and and keeping those things, you know, kind of 
private. And then some people don't think that way. They like kind of being out there, right? If, if you're, and, and it's, and it's true, whether you're, you're dealing with social media or frankly in a social situation, right? If you go to an mm -hmm. event, somebody is, is sitting there and they, they're real bubbly and they're all over the place. And then some people are more reserved, right? Um, so I don't think there's a right way or a wrong way uh, to go about it. If, if you're dealing with it personally, I think you just um, do it the way you are, because I think the more your own personality shows through it, uh, the better it is. That's really what, to me, what the purpose is personally. What it is professionally, completely different, because then you have totally different goals, right? Um, then you're trying to bring some value to people. You're trying to... Um, you know, grow your business, you're, you have all these different goals that, that you have, uh, it, it, or maybe you're trying to create a brand. Um, I know that was another recent episode I, I, was, um, I was listening to um, about creating a brand. And you said something about that, which is, I, I think is absolutely correct, but you're being kind of, you were being kind, uh, saying that if you don't develop your brand, uh, you'll, or you have no brand, it, that's your brand, that is your brand. I say it a little bit differently. If you don't define your brand, somebody else will. Other people mm. will do it for you. Um, uh, so the and the world may not be as kind to you as, as as you would like them to be. So part of what you're doing on social media, certainly professionally, is creating that brand, and and you have to be very good about it uh, when, when when you're doing it, and you have to be very careful about it. And so the role of social media, professionally and personally, for me, are are quite quite different. Yeah, it's uh, you definitely have to put your your best foot forward as much as you possibly can. Uh, get ready for criticism because it's coming and it's going to come when you least expect it and probably harder than you thought it was going to be. Uh, but if that's what you want to do, that's what you want to do. And I, I totally respect the uh, the not having the social media thing. I got a couple friends that are like that, too. And it's so funny because uh, we see we feel like we see each other less. Uh, and then when we have a conversation, they're better than, than some of the other ones because we have to do a lot of catching up after a while. But uh, yeah, social media. Oh, and it's changing well, the way we're doing things. It's it's going to be completely know, you know, different in the next few years. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and the other thing I wanted to say about it is like, for me, I like to put thought into things. Right. And maybe it's because, again, I, I go back to this. Maybe I'm a little bit lazy and I don't want to put in that thought when it comes to dealing with social media personally. You know, um, and, and so that's that's also that may be also the reason I'm th that way. Yeah, everybody has their things. I mean, and in and, and different phases in life, I, I think. I mean, I loved playing video games for a long time. I even owned a game truck for a while, 32-inch TVs oh, wow. inside a trailer doing kid parties. Uh, and then when I sold that business, I put down video games, and I haven't really played a game in, in, since. It's been years, right? So different aspects, different points, different times in life. So we'll see what happens as we move forward. Uh, Sean, very insightful conversation today. I mean, education is the key to everything. And, and you know, I told you I'd answer about the uh, the formal education. And, and as an educator, I, I agree with you. I keep telling teachers that I work with to be cautious to start doing a side hustle because uh, the teaching uh, profession is becoming commoditized. We are becoming babysitters more than we're becoming educators until we actually start doing something about what we're teaching so that it's relevant in today's society. It's going to be a hard time getting kids to buy in and fight for the attention that we're fighting for since they have like this much. I mean, we all have this much attention. So it's 
It's a very difficult time. I believe 100% in education. I, I believe you should be learning something new every day and applying it every single day. Um, do I believe that a formal education is the way to go today? Not for most things. Sadly, for most things, it's not. But it doesn't mean that an education isn't important. I believe 100% in, in education. That's the only way we, we exist, ladies and gents. I don't know about you guys, but my mind loves to learn. Sometimes it's learning about rocks or animals or whatever it is that I'm learning about. But I love to learn something new every single day. And I think that's why TikTok grabs you. You learn something new in bits and little pieces a second. So it's a time suck to be careful of that. Sean, before we head out, uh, I want to make sure that people are able to find you. You know, if they go to ePlaybooks.com, what are they going to find? Well, they're going to find a whole bunch of um, uh, hopefully value for their businesses. Uh, they can reach me directly uh, or any of my partners. Um, and certainly anyone from our team can can help them with whatever questions they had. They can also connect with me. I've, I've, uh, I made it easy so that you don't have to know my last name. Um, connect with Sean.com. Uh, that'll take you to my personal site. And uh, I actually have an ebook uh, that I would uh, offer for free to your audience uh, if they if they get on and, and just uh, send me a quick uh, email through my uh, I will give them uh, the uh, the ebook, and it's it's basically ev- how to anything proof your business. That's what it is. It's how to anything proof your business, and it came out of COVID, but but it but it talks about that. So I'm I'm there um, at no obligation to them, obviously. So there it is, ladies and gents. Education is the key. You don't know what you don't know, and if you're an entrepreneur, you're stepping in a lot of risk every single day. The best thing for you is to get a mentor, somebody who's already been through it. Yesterday's guest gave some of the greatest advice. He's like, I asked, how do you get better? And he was like, I learned to ask for help. And if you talk to any entrepreneur out there, the moment they ask for help, whether it's from a coach, a mentor, ebooks, training, whatever it is, that's where you open your mind to the possibility of that. There's a solution for the problem you're looking for. And you may not be able to see it right now. It's there. It's right in front of you. You just can't see it because you've been looking at the same thing over and over. Get some help. Learn a little bit of what other people are doing. Other successful entrepreneurs are developing systems that might solve the problem that you're trying to solve. So make sure you guys check it out, ePlaybooks.com. Sean, thank you very much for being on the show. Ladies and gents, enjoy the rest of your... Anyway, today's Tuesday, Wednesday. Oh, it's hump day. Enjoy the rest of your hump day afternoon. Later, lates. <laughs> thank you for listening to the Business Bros Podcast. Are you looking to get more clients or to increase your income? Hernan, the business bro, can help you generate referrals through the power of podcasting. And James, the insurance bro with Pipeline Insurance, can help you effectively add insurance to your existing business. If you are ready to create wealth today and generational wealth for tomorrow, email businessbros at csburst.com to schedule a free consultation or join the Business Bros Network, www.businessbros.biz.